Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. Today, I kind of want to continue the conversation that I had with DeAndre Sinette. Now, for those of you who haven't listened to that podcast, it's totally fine if you haven't. But I highly recommend you go listen to that podcast because there is some amazing out-the-box thinking that happened on his journey. But I think what was empowering to me is as he was talking and telling his story and talking about the things that he had done and the processes that he went through to get him to a place where he feels really great in today's time. I just think it's really interesting and important that I'm able to kind of use that motivation to share a little bit more of my story with you. And that conversation specifically made me think about mental health. And I know I've spoken a lot about my anxiety at my live events, in my safe space calls. But today, I want to take you back to the time when I was actually taking depression medication. And for those of you who have read my book, Tears for Transformation, uh, you read about this story, but I want to talk about it again, give it some more color, especially after hearing someone else's journey, and just share some statistics and actual facts about mental health that are out there and how many people are actually suffering and maybe suffering in silence. And that may be you. That may be you. And so hopefully today you'll find a little more peace of mind and maybe you'll feel not so alone knowing that there's someone else out there and other people out there that are going through the same thing. And hopefully this episode will give you strength to kind of accept what's happening in your life or give you strength to go seek help. And a lot of people here seek help and they get really afraid and they may think, I'm not worthy. And that's not what help is for. Help is to make you get better, to feel better. A lot of people are using the Calm app or Headspace and they're wonderful tools at both of them. They're wonderful tools to help you stay connected to who you are. So I just wanted to bring up a few different types of people that may be out there that may need to hear this, listen to this, and hopefully you'll be more motivated to open up to yourselves as you hear my story and some of the things that I have to say. My name is Sean T. Get ready to trust and believe. Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone. I'm back. I wanted to take you back to my early 20s, I was in a relationship, a really tumultuous relationship, an abusive relationship. And when I use the word abusive relationship, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that being abused as a child sometimes makes you think that being in an abusive relationship is normal. And a lot of us out there know that being in an abusive relationship, be it physical, emotional, verbal abuse, we know it's not good on the surface, but because of the way we were conditioned as a child or at any traumatic point in our lives, but sometimes our mind makes that thing that we didn't love or that thing that we didn't enjoy, those situations that we didn't enjoy, our mind sometimes makes us think it's okay. And we find, oddly, we find peace in something that's not peaceful. And so in my early 20s, when I was in a relationship, I actually had no idea, and some of you may not believe this if you've never gone through this, but... I had no idea that the person that I was in a relationship with was actually controlling me. I actually took some of that, those antics or that behavior as someone who really cared. Didn't want me to stay after my dance class for too long because I had to get up early. Or didn't want me to go out with my friends in college because I had to study. And so I took some of those things as if they were caring and it was you're right you know I really shouldn't go out because I should be studying or I shouldn't do x y and z because I have to get up early when in reality it was kind of their initial way of finding out how much control they could have over me in addition to that as the relationship progressed and the abuse began It almost happened so seamlessly that you don't really realize you're in this situation because one, because of your past, it seems normal. And two, a lot of people who are abusive have a really interesting way of making you feel great while also manipulating your mind while they take control. Something else is really interesting that I'm not sure a lot of you know, and I learned this when I spoke to other people who were sexually abused, the perpetrators a lot of times go after a certain type of person. I don't think this is a positive thing, but somehow they're able to read your energy. They're able to read children's energy, which children aren't going to run and tell. Just like us as adults, we have a certain personality. We have a certain way of going about our lives. And some of us are quick to be loud and be like, that's 
you know, take up for ourselves. And some people are more timid and quiet. And I think that that's the way I was as a kid. And I was an easy target. And the combination of that with being in this relationship, I think that, and I'll say this, a lot of you out there know me now as this really loud, strong guy. But back in the day, the fact that I was really nice really took over. And it took me a long time to get mad in terms of wanting to kind of protect myself, mostly my emotions, because I think they had already been wrecked. So anyway, I was in this relationship and, you know, it was very emotionally abusive, extremely verbal abusive and some physical abuse. And I always oddly had to tell myself not necessarily not to defend myself, but not to hit back because and this kind of goes back to a podcast I did a couple months ago when I was talking about Black Lives Matter, if the police show up to my door and I'm in a fight with a white male, my fear is that they're going to think that I'm the one at fault, especially because I was bigger than this person and the whole nine. In addition to that, I knew the rage that was in my soul And I always said to myself, if I hit this person back, I'm not going to stop, which would put me in jail. And what a lot of people out there don't know is almost every male in my family has been in jail. And I really wanted to be not a statistic. And I'm not throwing shade at the people who went to jail, trust and believe, because I don't think I'm perfect. But I had all of these things going on in my mind. And in a way, it stopped me from protecting myself. And why am I sharing this story? Because I want you to know that your abuse can cause lots and lots of mental stressors, mental anguish, anxiety. It can even cause things like OCD. I mean, it really is... Abuse is a really, really powerful tool to take over your mind in not a positive way. It's not a tool in a positive way, but it's a tool that can really take over your mind. So I remember going to the doctor and manipulating my story so that the doctor thought I was depressed and I didn't have to deal with the fact that I was in a relationship I didn't want to be in that I was being abused, that I was abused because I still hadn't told anybody. Uh, Actually, I told my mother, but I hadn't told a lot of people because it was embarrassing. And so the doctor prescribed me with Zoloft. And so I had a friend who was at the time in nursing school. And I believe that she was taking Zoloft too and told me that this drug was okay. And it's going to be okay because I was really nervous to take any kind of drug. For those of you who know me, I don't even like taking Advil. I don't like taking Tylenol. I don't like taking none of that crap. Give me some, some ointment and I'm going to try my best because I feel like drugs just make me feel crazy. But the reason why I took Zoloft and I went to the doctor and tried to get this is because, and I didn't know at the time, at the time I actually thought I was depressed. But I wanted to escape my reality. 
And so I thought that taking Zoloft was an appropriate way. It was a safe way to escape my reality. And so I would take the Zoloft and they said it took a few weeks to kick in. And so I would take it every day. I never missed one uh, pill. And then I, I will say I started to feel, you know, a little better. I started to feel like this overwhelming sense of happiness and it was great. Um, even in the abuse, which, which is really odd, I almost could ignore the, just the evilness that was in my apartment at the time with the person I was dating. I then started to do kind of some inventory on how I was feeling when I was on a depression medication on Zoloft. And I just remember when I would start teaching class, when I would do my group exercise classes, I had this exponential joy that I didn't even feel because of the pill that I was taking. And I remember that was the point at which I realized that I had to change my circumstances to change my mindset. And for me, for me, I was able to know the difference between the fact that I was depressed and I just wasn't making good decisions in my life. And so after that, years later, I was in New York City and I met a woman who introduced me to my first therapist. And that was really amazing and incredible because I was able to talk to another gay male who understood molestation and understood coming out as gay and understood being a minority. And it was a, it was a way for me to feel good about opening up to someone who knew you know, who knew my story, who have lived in my shoes. And that was a second step to me kind of taking control of my mental health and, and really pushing forward in my life and starting to admit some things that I was really hiding from myself. Now, before I go on, I do want to say that you may not have been a person that was abused or you may not be a person that was struggling with your identity and you may be depressed and you may have clinical depression and you may uh, be someone who needs the medication and I am in full support of you. I want you to know I'm in full support of you or if you're listening to this and you're not experiencing this but you are in a relationship with someone, maybe a friend with someone or a family member that is going through some of the things that I'm describing as you continue to listen, hopefully you find just a, a, a tool within this podcast to be able to either take back to them or to help yourself understand what it is that they're going through and you can be of support. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to actually give you some stats on people who are going through some mental health situations, if you will, in our country or in our in the world in general. And hopefully you don't feel alone and you'll know that it's more than just your story and more than my story and we have a lot of people out there that know what it is that we're going through and and hopefully it can help you know give you some motivation to maybe take the next step to continue to change your life we'll be right back ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, we are back with Trust and Believe. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. I hope in some way it's helping you understand your own mental health better or maybe someone else's. And I always like to say I am not a doctor. I only know my own experiences and I use this platform to really be able to open up about all my struggles because I think that a lot of people sometimes look at celebrities or someone who's in the public eye and and a lot of people like to hide their struggles or even when it comes to any of the tabloids you finally find out like these people are having marital issues or this person is having mental health issues and everyone becomes extremely surprised and you know i've always said and people always gasp when i say this but i say if you ever see me on a cover of a tabloid i am gonna be like okay not because I'm searching to have that happen, but it's because I'm human. And I believe that you too should be out there and say, I'm human. Not that you should tell everything about yourself in the world, but to allow yourself to be human and then open up that door so that even if you do need help and you realize your life is going down a path in which you are not necessarily excited about, the more you're open to not being perfect, you'll be able to almost accept what it is that's happening and then you'll be quicker or act quicker so that you can make a change so that you can hopefully you know change the outcome of a situation that could be going really bad and maybe you're in a situation right now that is going really bad and this podcast is helping you say you know what i need to press the brakes open up my mind open up my heart and my life to my truth and take action on what it is that i need so that i can be better With that said, I wanted to read this to you because I thought it was very interesting. So therapy, meaning mental therapy, um, you know, a therapist. Uh, Therapy in America in 2004 uh, and a co-sponsored by Psychology Today magazine and uh, Pacific Care Behavioral Health found that an estimated 59 million people have received mental health treatment in the past two years uh, and that 80% of them have found it effective. And so I'm just going to read that again. Therapy in America, this was as of 2004, found that an estimated 59 million people have received mental health treatment in the past two years and that 80% of them uh, have found it effective. So if you're someone out there who is afraid to go to mental health, you have an 80% chance, if you want to look at it like that, of it being beneficial to you. Even if you're like, oh, this ain't going to help, or even if you're not open to it, or even if someone you know is not open to it, you can say, hey, 80% of the people that actually went to mental health found it effective. And I can guarantee you that more than 50% of them didn't want to go because it's not something that people want to do. Especially in 2004, it definitely was not the thing where now we talk about self-care, self-love, mental health. You know, it's, it's talked about more and accepted. It's not such a hidden thing because before, if you had mental health issues, if you had to go to therapy, you didn't want to tell anybody. And in today's world, it's really great that there's so much support out there. Then I found something that 
I thought was really interesting, and it says the truth about therapy is that it really works. Scientific studies consistently show that behavioral and emotional interventions work work as well, if not better, than medication to treat anxiety, depression, and mental health issues like OCD. Now, I'm not saying that to say, tell your doctor, I don't need the medication if, if that's something you and your doctor talked about and you're doing it, I urge you to continue to do what the health professionals are telling you to do. If you're someone who are who is on medication but you're not going to therapy, I really urge you to make that a part of your weekly schedule, just like you would in your daily workouts or brushing your teeth. A lot of times health insurance companies may not cover it, but, you know, s- there, there's, there's a bunch of um, online things you can do. There's Talkspace, which is an app I hear on some other podcasts I listen to. I think it's called BetterHelp.com. That may be less expensive than actually going into a room with someone. Even amidst the COVID and pandemic, I know for me, half the year when I was with my first therapist, half the year he was in the canary islands and so we would only do a phone call this phone call this is before zoom and all that stuff so there's remote talking too and sometimes it's easier to talk over the phone because you may be a little embarrassed but even if you're on medication i really urge you to talk to someone or if you know someone that's on medication urge them to talk to someone if you have that kind of relationship with them and the reason why i say that is because a lot of people a lot of people again still think that talking to someone is makes them to be worse because if you're taking medicine you can hide it and the second thing is just talking things out is just so much better because even someone who's having a good day if they start to go in their mind and they start to percolate thoughts that may not be helping them be better in that particular day it's a downhill spiral and I know being on medication And having that mental space where you're constantly in a tornado can exacerbate, you know, just the not so good feeling. Last thing I want to give you, it says as of 2018, almost 25 million adults have been taking antidepressants for at least two years, a 60 percent increase since 2010. Moreover, approximately 15.5 million individuals have been taking the drugs for at least five years, nearly doubling the rate since 2010. So I have two things about that. One, I'm really happy that people are taking a proactive approach to their mental health. And I think a lot of that is due to family members and people and probably social media and people seeing other people talk about it and Even Twitter, even though it can be a very divisive and not so great space, I think it allows people to open up with such short texts. And especially when, you know, celebrities or people who have a a quote unquote well-known name out there talks about these things, it helps you, even myself, become more empowered to do something about what's happening in our own personal space. Last but not least... I want to say that years after my first therapist, I started going to another therapist after Scott and I started dating. And I I told this story a lot before, part of this story. But I just want to say that my second therapist took me beyond just the sexual sexuality in terms of being gay and, and really helped me dig deep into 
all of the things that were bothering me, bothering me that I didn't know was bothering me. The subconscious things that were happening, why I reacted to certain things, pulling out the triggers in my life and really dissecting them and helping me recognize those things before they even arose or just the the journey that these particular triggers were on to come and reach me and for me to be able to find tools to, I don't want to say eliminate them, but just to be able to manage them so that, you know, and I've told this story before, but even if a loved one or like Scott would touch my butt, I would cringe. I would, it would ruin my life for like an hour because that's how I began getting molested by someone touching my butt. And really real I hated having people behind me and then starting to really talk myself down and say okay you know this is not the same situation what is your reality where you are where are you right now you're in a different time a different age a different space and it takes a lot of work to to talk to yourself and work on yourself and that's why I think it's really important if you're out there if you know someone that's out there to be able to talk to someone else so that you can just really, really find a way to get better. In the show notes, I'm going to add some hotlines for you, some mental health hotlines, just so you could find someone to reach out to. I would also check with your insurance provider to see if you have any therapists in your network. And I urge you and motivate you to seek some of those people out. So hopefully you all enjoyed this podcast and hopefully it shed a little light on maybe the way you're thinking each and every day and just being able to be open to the fact that we all need a little bit of change. We all need a little bit of support and never be afraid to ask for help. Never be afraid because you are not alone and always trust and believe in who you are. 